Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. You're listening to episode 11 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Each week, we talk about how to clean up in business and in life. We'll have a guest with us in our next segment that's riding the wave of innovation in his business, so make sure you stay with us. But first, let's talk about breakthrough ideas and how they turn into profits. Every startup company has that goal of going big time and reaching that pinnacle of success. But the process to achieve success is no piece of cake. And sometimes when people think a business is one of those overnight success stories, it's really just the work of years of struggle and perseverance. So what are the factors that propel a breakthrough idea into profits or into success? I wrote down a few things that I thought I would share, and this would be a perfect segue uh, before our next guest, who is a part of a very innovative industry. So some of the things that I thought about as far as breakthrough ideas turning into profits is, first of all, aim high. In other words, if your goal is just to be like everybody else, if your goal is just to survive, just to make a few bucks, and you go out and you copy your competition to a T, you look like your competition, you learn everything they do, you do it the way they do, you have no idea some of the inner struggles that they've had or the reasons that they uh, do certain things, and you just copy. And you don't really aim high, you just aim to be just like them, and somehow you think you're going to succeed, you're going to uh, turn all of that effort into profits, The reality is you're more likely to just blend in and be overlooked. So if you really want your breakthrough ideas to turn into profits, you have to aim high. Your goal has got to be to be bigger and better, smarter, solve problems in a new way, solve problems in a better way, or solve problems people don't even know they have. In other words, you're going to have to strive to disrupt your industry, disrupt whatever industry you're in, make a change, blaze a brand new trail, stop following in the same path that everyone else is in. What does that path look like over time? It looks like a rut. And if you don't want to blend in with everybody else, if you want to stand out, you've got to start by aiming high. And when you aim high and you disrupt an industry, you make change and you, you create new ideas, you of course blaze new trails, as opposed to just making little small tweaks and changes that you think are going to make you stand out. So making small improvements to maybe an existing service uh, will not create a breakthrough opportunity for you. But making massive changes or massive improvements to a product or a service is one way to stand out in a way that nobody can forget you. It's a way to stand out uh, in a way that 
you cannot be ignored as a new business or as a new product or as a new service. Disruptive innovation solves customers' problems that oftentimes they had no idea they even had. And that's a disruptive uh, innovation. People don't even know they had that problem. And then five years later, after your service or your product solved it, they, they think, how did I ever do without this service or this product? When I started cleaning for a reason, cleaning business owners around the country didn't know that they needed PR in their business because none of them had it. They didn't have PR. Reporters weren't calling them on the phone saying, I'd like to do an interview. Tell me about your company and about your charitable giving. They didn't even know that they had a problem, and that was a void in public relations. I mean, most cleaning services spend money on marketing. They spend time on networking, getting the word out, creating exposure. But they've had no emphasis on publicity and being featured on the five o'clock news in a positive way. I mean, we've all heard of cleaning services that have been featured on the five o'clock news 15 years ago because of something negative that happened in a home. But cleaning businesses, even some of the largest franchises, didn't really understand the concept that public relations, that free publicity was missing in their business. And so Cleaning for a Reason kind of disrupted that, that uh, complacency that we had, that all of our attention would have to come as a result of paid marketing. And we've all learned in the cleaning industry, if, if, especially if you're a part of Cleaning for a Reason, we've all learned that, you know what, not all marketing, not all exposure has to be paid, that you can actually get earned media if you have a story worth telling, if you have a story that solves a problem people didn't even realize existed. I mean, think about it. The innovation of Cleaning for a Reason solves a problem people didn't know they had. Women battling cancer of course they want their house cleaned. Of course it's difficult to clean your own home when you're going through chemotherapy and radiation. But as an industry, no one realized how much that need existed in the marketplace. That women battling cancer truly needed and wanted to have their homes cleaned after a long day of battling cancer with chemotherapy, radiation, or coming home from surgery. So it's, it's disruptive. A, a truly breakthrough idea disrupts the industry. Now, sometimes these breakthrough ideas are disruptive in a negative way. And I think about um, an industry that really, or a business that crashed and burned recently, and it was entirely based on predatory pricing. It was not based on solving problems for the customer, at least the the problem the customer truly had, it was assuming a problem the customer really didn't have. And that was when uh, Google put millions and millions and millions of, of dollars in backing behind a little software company that decided it wanted to be a maid service. And that company is now no longer. They're gone. They've gone out of business. They fizzled. They crashed. They burned. It was a very disruptive innovation. They created a software and decided they would subcontract out cleanings all over the United States and literally all over the world to independent house cleaning companies. And then just you could dispatch a maid to the home. It was a disruptive concept. The entire premise of the concept was built on predatory pricing. We're going to price so low, it'll put the professionals out of business. We're going to price so low, the professionals cannot compete. What they didn't count on 
is that people will value quality, consistency, trust, and safety when it comes to their own personal home over price. What they did not realize is people aren't looking to have strangers come into their home at the lowest price point. So predatory pricing did not work for that industry and they crashed and burned in a royal way. So sometimes these creative innovations don't work. It has to solve a real problem. It has to be better than the competition if you want a breakthrough idea to come through and be profitable. And then when it comes to innovating, successful businesses start with successful leaders. That person in charge, that entrepreneur has to be willing to lead change. You have to be willing to stick your neck out. Somebody once pointed out, you have to be willing to be that blade of grass that stands tall above all the other blades of grass. And we all know what can happen. (laughs) When you're the tallest blade of grass, they can come along and chop your head off, literally. So really true breakthrough innovation start with a strong leader who is not afraid to lead change. And they don't just go along with the way things have always been. They look at their industry, their product, or their service, and they ask questions about it. Why aren't we doing it this way? I know no one else is doing it. How could we do this better than anybody else? How could we do this different in a way that people would value the change and value the difference? And even if it ruffles feathers, even if maybe my colleagues don't like it, or people within my own industry tell me it can't be done, it shouldn't be done, and that's not the way it's ever been done. A leader who is interested in leading change and and creating breakthrough ideas doesn't go with the status quo. In fact, when you challenge the status quo, you will make enemies. Leaders do make enemies. You're not always going to be friends with everybody, especially if you're challenging the status quo. I remember a friend of mine told me years ago when I was kind of bummed and feeling sorry for myself about some of the hostile things that had come my way as a result of of building a nonprofit that was definitely stepping out of the status quo. And he said, Debbie, if you want to be liked by everyone, just come in second. And that's true. And I realized, oh my goodness, he is so right. I was so bothered that everyone didn't like me. (laughs) I wanted everyone to like me. And he said, yeah, fine. If you want to be liked by everyone, just come in second. Because there are some people that the minute you rise to the top, the minute you become at the top of your field or the top of your your game, you will create enemies out of sheer jealousy or resentment. Man, that should have been me or whatever. I mean, you'll still have your core fan base of believers, family members, people that truly believe in what you're doing, but you'll always make enemies when you're leading change. And oftentimes those enemies will come along, tuck their tail between their, ta- uh, their, their legs and apologize. But in the beginning, if you're just worried about being liked by everyone, don't bother trying to ha- come up with breakthrough innovations. And then of course, you have got to manage the process. Many people think that in order to be successful or to in order to innovate, that it's just a bunch of creative ideas that you have to sit in a room and meditate and share and shut out the outside world. And then you're going to come up with these great, innovative breakthrough ideas. And that's not the case. You literally, just like anything else, 
successful in business. You have to manage the process. You got to treat these ideas like its own little business. And you've got to approach it with process in mind and profitability in mind and uh, just rolling up your sleeves and doing the dirty work and doing whatever it takes to get your idea or your innovation out there. So don't go anywhere because we'll be right back with a guest entrepreneur who has built his business around the sharing culture and a disruptive innovation. So don't go anywhere, but we'll be right back. I was up before the dawn And I really have enjoyed my stay You're listening to RNCN The digital destination for premium talk radio the Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescuetexas.com. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back and you are listening to the Real News Communications Network and Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. You know, I'm always intrigued by innovative business models, and Uber and Lyft are definitely transforming traditional transportation. I travel a lot, and I look for either an Uber or a Lyft as soon as I get off the plane. I love the service. It's cheaper, and it's a whole lot more convenient. So today's guest on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is Bradley Zane, owner of Rush Trips Transportation, located in Flower Mound, Texas. Bradley is married, the father of two, and a Texas A&M grad. He's worked in the financial, sports, and medical industries, but never realized his full entrepreneurial spirit until he became a rideshare driver back in 2013. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Bradley. Thanks for having me, Debbie. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I was excited to have you on because I'm so intrigued by innovative industries. And of course, the whole industry of Uber and Lyft and this um, on-demand rideshare by using a simple app is just incredibly convenient and very intriguing to me as a business owner. So I've got to ask, with your background, how on earth did you get started in the business? Well, I mean, it's it's really a great story. I, uh, I was burned out in corporate America. I was back in school. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just saw an ad for Uber on the Internet, and I emailed them. And I asked, asked them, you know, what is it that you do? And I, and I looked into it and I saw the business model and I was really interested. And I used to joke with my wife that when I retired, I was going to go to Vegas and be a cab driver. But this was 20, 25 years ago. And uh, they said, come drive for us. And I, I said, great. So went down there for an interview and in three days I was driving. Uh, I was, to be honest, I was embarrassed to even tell my friends that I was a cab driver. Heck, I've got a, I've got a, 
college degree. You know, I'm not going to be a cab driver. But the more I did it, I really enjoyed what I did. And I wanted to know more and more about it. And I was fascinated by the industry. And what Uber and Lyft have done uh, is revolutionized the transportation from higher in, for higher industry. And it's an industry that was ripe for the taking. It really was. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to knock cab drivers because I know every industry has its good ones and, are, and its bad ones, just like the cleaning industry. I own Buckets and Bows Maid Service, and there are other phenomenal cleaning services out there. And then there are those companies that give us legitimate companies a bad name. So I'm not going to knock the, the competition, but I will say I've had quite a few bad experiences with cab drivers. And I think when an industry becomes so confident that you have no other choices that they can treat their customers badly and get away with it then it's time for a disruptive idea yeah really the the cab industry the cab companies are really not the ones to blame it was the monopolistic contract that the city had with uh, transportation for hire with the cabs and the limos they were the only game in town and so they could afford to be rude to their customers the, the one redeeming feature they had was they got you where you were going eventually but you had to put up with a lot of their antics the dirty cars not being able to speak to have a conversation in the car uh, going the wrong way running up fares going off the meter they didn't th they're regulated by the city but they don't follow any of those regulations if they can get away with it you know that's interesting there we go again another way that government gets involved even at the the state level or the city level when the government gets involved with private enterprise they mess it up they mess it up because when private enterprise has to work hard for every contract, has to work hard for every dollar instead of having it guaranteed to them, they actually work hard for the customers. And guess who benefits? The consumer. Right, exactly. And, and what happened was uh, the, the revenue that the city got from the cabs started going away as Uber and Lyft became more and more popular. The market share went to Uber and Lyft. And so that's when the city stepped up and said, whoa, we're losing revenue here. What's going on? How can we regulate Uber and Lyft? And they've come in and we here in Dallas, we have new ordinances that, that try to put all of transportation for hire on a level playing field. And what's happening is cabs are getting better. Uh, they're still not ideal. Uh, if they don't change, they will die. Um, they, they now have an app. It's not as good as Uber and Lyft's, uh, but uh, they're, they're trying to survive. Um, there's, there's rumblings that other yellow cab companies are going to, uh, uh, to um, file for bankruptcy. I haven't seen that yet, but that's coming down the line. Again, if they don't change with this technology, they will go out of business. And you know, you bring up a good point. Businesses have to change. We have to reinvent ourselves or we will die. And it is what it is. I don't believe in government stepping in, intervening, and trying to force things to not change. Life changes, technology changes, people's needs and wants and expectations change. And when an industry can change with it, the consumer benefits. They get a better product, they get a better service. And when an industry can't, change that industry may die and you know what none of us are grumbling that the horse and buggy industry died right i mean exactly. we all drive automatic cars because an industry died exactly um and and to be honest you're seeing it now with uber as well now uber's worth 62 billion dollars on paper but they have some chinks in their armor they don't provide everything that 
consumers want. And that actually has created a niche for my own individual company. Uh, Because as I said, I liked what I was doing, but some things have changed in the two and a half years that I started driving that didn't make it profitable enough for me to continue doing that business. So I had to think outside the box. What could I do to continue driving? Because I did enjoy it. So tell me about that, because this is a very interesting concept. You started your business as an on-call driver, an Uber and a Lyft driver. So that's a great place to start. I'm sure you learned some great skills along the way. But then you found out you needed to set yourself apart if you were also going to have a private transportation business. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, what happened was, again, and I I promote Lyft and I promote Uber uh, because I think they're great services. They've got a product that nobody had. It serves a niche. Absolutely. People love it. It used to be for a cab. We would call up and say, uh, I need a cab. And they'd say, well, we'll be there in 35 to 45 minutes if they showed up, right? Yes. Well, now, if you open up your Uber and Lyft app and it says more than 10 minutes, we're upset. Because we're not going to have a ride with us in 10 minutes. Right. I'm calling them up going, aren't you three minutes away? Aren't you just three minutes away? (laughs) So everything's relative. Okay. But but what's happened now is they've come in and the fares or the, the rate for Uber is now less than half of where it was when I started. And we all, as independent contractors, work on a percentage of whatever that fare is. And so when they cut their fare, we, the drivers have our income cut. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Imagine you were making $100,000. I'm not making $100,000, but imagine you were making $100,000 and two years from now, your boss had told you, well, now you're making 50 and you're working the same that you were. You'll go find something else. You can't do it. Uh, Yeah. So so that's basically what happened is, and, and I recognize the niche that Uber and Lyft don't offer or that they don't provide uh, prearranged rides. They can't because of the way the regulatory system is and how they are categorized as a technology company and not a transportation company. And so I recognize that niche and I've started uh, promoting myself uh, as not not really a competition for Uber. It just uh, it's another feature and something that provides value for people, what people are really looking for in the transportation Well, industry. we need both. I mean, I need to be able to step off of a plane, you know, pull up my app and use my Uber or my Lyft app to get me from maybe the airport to the hotel or maybe from the hotel over to a restaurant that's three miles away. I get that. I love the on- on-demand part of it. But I also need to be able to call a service that I can trust that will show up if my flight is at 6.30 a.m. and I need to be picked up at 4.30 a.m. I need to be able to find a private service that will actually show up. Exactly. And what happens here in the Dallas-Fort Worth market is as you get further into the suburbs, you have less and less drivers that are waiting online with Uber and Lyft to to accept the requests that come in from the passengers. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, there may not be a, a driver available. You will get a message that says, no Uber available. Well, when you're trying to catch that 6 o'clock flight, you can't afford that as a business person that you're going to miss your flight. In fact, that happened to me one time. I was at a hotel, and I was relying on using my Uber app for a really early morning flight. I got up. I'm ready to go out the door. I pull up my app, and it said, no Uber available. I just about fainted and of course I'm scrambling at the last minute to call a cab because I'm in a different city and I need to get to the airport well not only are you scrambling to call a cab you're waking up your spouse at four o'clock in the morning how well does that go over it doesn't you know, go kind of well. joke around this is the <laughs> widow saver uh, service that I provide uh, but 
you know, having that prearranged ride allows you the peace of mind when you go to bed at night knowing that someone is going to be there, someone that you have a phone number for, someone that you know locally in the community. That's how I've built my business. I'm local. I'm not going to be everything to everybody. But to the people in my community, they're going to know they can count this on is you. What, yeah, they can count on me. They go to I, my kids go to school with their kids. I run into them with, in the grocery store. That we have the same things in common. When I'm driving them to the airport, we're talking about our families and what we're. How old are your kids? How old are you know what's going on? So it's we, kind of like the luxury of having our own private driver without the expense that the rich and the famous have. Exactly, and and we are very competitive. But we are not going to compete on price with Uber and Lyft. If you want the least expensive ride, there are some flaws in that system. But I will be more than happy to explain to you how Uber and Lyft work and, and educate you on them as well. But when you want a prearranged ride from a company that's locally owned and the value that we provide, we provide exceptional service with professionalism, honesty, and integrity. We're going to be on time. We're going to have vehicles that are immaculate. Then it's going to be an upscale vehicle. And we're going to communicate with you. And if we don't say, do what we say we're going to do, that will come back to haunt us. You know, I love that as a business model. Those core integrity values are really what people are willing to pay more for. And they want to pay less when they don't get those things. And that's when they're really looking for the cheapest priced provider. So before you go away, because I can't wait to hold you over in the next segment, and that way we can talk a little bit more about the business side of it and some of the challenge that you face starting your own business, going out on your own and becoming a, a private driver. But before we go away, um, I just would like for you to tell us how does someone get in touch with Rush Trips? Rush Trips Transportation can be found through email at rushtrips at gmail.com. Or you can call me directly. My number is 214-334-5430. We also have a Facebook presence and just be happy to talk to you in any way. All right. Well, don't go away because we want to pick your brain about business in our next segment. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. And if you'd like to contribute to the conversation, please visit us on Facebook at Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And I really have enjoyed my stay, but I must be moving on. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Jesse is a friend. Welcome back. We're chatting today with Bradley Zane of Rush Trips Transportation, located in Flower Mound, but serving the entire Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. 
The sharing economy is taking off, and Bradley has his own business driving not only for Uber and Lyft, but also for his own private transportation. So thanks so much, Bradley, for joining us for another segment where we can pick your brain about business. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Well, let's talk a little bit about the challenges of starting a business because uh, everybody thinks it, it's easier than it really looks. And I, I know you've probably learned the hard way that it's not as easy as people think. So what are some of the challenges that you faced early on when you first started your business? Well, the first challenge, Debbie, was that... Um, I could see on the horizon what was going on with the in my income with Uber. And again, I enjoyed what I was doing. Uh, and so I wanted to th find out what, what could I, if I wanted to continue to drive, what would I have to do? And to be honest, it came from passengers. They taught me that I can do my own private business. I'm providing the service that they want, and it's not in competition with Uber or Lyft. And so what happened was I would take passengers and and one in particular i would get him every monday morning at 5 a.m and he said you know you've taken me 10 15 times i don't want to take a chance that i'm not going to get you so why don't i go directly to you and i'm like well i don't want to bite the hand that feeds me you know so i will never market to my uber or lyft passengers in my vehicle but if someone comes to me and says you know can you arrange this and i say well I think I can, but I, there are some other aspects of the business that I have to take care of. Commercial insurance, regulatory issues, things like that. I can get into that a little bit more in, in a minute. But basically, the ideas came from my passengers. Uh, one time, a passenger wrote a review after I took them with Uber, and they put it out on Facebook. All of a sudden, my phone started lighting up. I hear, I hear you're a driver. Can I prearrange a ride with you? I said, yes you can but where'd you find my name and they said on this facebook page i said well what's that and so i obviously i went out and looked at it and it's basically where i've started building my business and i'll tell you a little bit about that as yeah, well. yeah before we move on to because i do want to pick your brain about how you get the word out but you know you raise a, a very important point that a lot of times business owners aren't paying attention to and that is you have to listen to the marketplace don't assume you know what people want we oftentimes assume people are just looking for the cheapest price and that's not the case people are looking for value and dependability absolutely and like i said we don't compete on price so if you want something cheaper it's definitely out there uh, but we do provide something that most people don't and a lot of business people and a lot of people out in my area anyway are are wanting bad badly and especially in the more rural marketplaces i mean we all know we're not going to have a problem finding a cab or a, a ride in downtown dallas but when you're in rural flower mound you really do need this type of service so i like the fact that you mentioned we need to listen to our customers and build our business model around what the public is telling you. I want this and I'll pay more for it if you provide it. And in those affluent communities, they know people. And so if you do what you say you're going to do, they will refer you to their friends and their family. And they will put out good reviews for you on Yelp and, and all the different technologies that are there that sounds uh, like a marketing strategy to me it is dependability and reputation absolutely and you know what it takes a lifetime to build up that reputation but it also takes a millisecond to rip it down yeah and, one and review so i'm very very cognizant that that could happen 
anybody with a computer and a internet connection can be an expert in social media. And, and a bad experience. In, and can influence mm -hmm. anybody. And I can make mistakes. I, luckily, I haven't made a mistake that has blown up on me, but I'm ready. I know that that's coming. I'm human like anything else. We're going to admit to our mistakes going forward and we will we'll take care of it head on. And no We've business already is prepared perfect. for it. Absolutely. We've already prepared for it. Hopefully we'll never get there. But if it does come up, we're going to accept responsibility and we're going to make it up to and whoever we absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your marketing strategies, because I do get that one strategy is delivering such high quality service that the word spreads like wildfire. But what are some other ways that you make sure the public can find you and know about you? Well, they're, to be honest, they're, they're really easy and very inexpensive. Facebook has been a boom to my business. That's where it started. I didn't even monitor these Facebook pages. I didn't even know some of them existed. But basically, every community has a, either a private page or something in their, in their city that, that all of, the, not all, but a lot of the people go out there and they'll ask, where's the best place to get a chicken wings? the best cleaning service, the best uh, handyman. How, what's the best way to get to the airport? Bingo. That's what uh, has built my business. When someone puts that out there and there's 10 people that will put in a comment that says, Bradley, with Rush Trips Transportation, no questions asked, don't go anywhere else. That's how it's, it's built. On there is stuff. nothing better than a real referral because everybody knows paid advertising is paid to be there but a referral no one paid them to say he's the best you should use him i am a firm believer in referrals now how does one find those type facebook pages in their city well you can just go out to facebook and type in my my city is flower mound so put in flower mound my the the facebook pages out there are flower mound cares flower mound 2.0 um, there, Lantana, th there is a site. I can't even get on it because it's a closed site, but it's all the people in Lantana that share references back and forth and referrals. There's one called Bridalwood Moms that's a Yahoo page, and they share. And I'm, I've gotten over 10 calls from Bridalwood Moms. I'm not a Bridalwood Mom. That's <laughs> but incredible. But I'm providing service that they value. And that's free marketing. You Absolutely. haven't spent a dime when you are mentioned on those sources unless you do some paid Facebook advertising. I've done no paid Facebook advertising. I've done so I've paid uh, Vistaprint for some flyers. I've done a, a food, uh, the Flowmo Food Truck Fest. Mm -hmm. I had a booth there. I've seen uh, you at different local events. I go. I am a member of the Chamber of Commerce, and really, as I transition my business. That is where I am concentrating going forward is the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, business people need reliable transportation. I know in my own business, I've used you to help pick up some of my field trip attendees when I've held a local business uh, one-day intensive for business owners that are flying in from around the country to get training, and I don't want them to have any trouble whatsoever getting a ride from the airport, and I've been able to rely on you. So as a business owner... It's a service we need. Right. And again, it's peace of mind for you. You know your people are going to get picked up. All I need is their name, their phone number, and their flight number. And we are going to monitor that flight. We're going to be there when they come out of baggage claim. 
right out of the terminal, get right in the car and go where you need to be. Well, and for me as a business owner, it was peace of mind. I just gave you their information and I was done. I was out of the loop. I didn't have to worry that if their flight was late, they were going to contact me and I had to contact you. You handled everything. So that was a very valuable service. And even when you're not available, I love the fact that you always have a backup name that you provide me as a business owner that you then manage. I don't even have to manage the the backup driver. You say, I'll take it from here. So I I love that service. And I'm I'm certainly not trying to be an infomercial for this. I love the the business model behind this and dependability, reliability, and getting unbelievable referrals is all part of building a really smart business. So tell me just briefly what you do to overcome economic challenges, because every business has economic challenges. I know for a maid service, it, it really hurts us when the gas prices go up because our employees use their own cars and there's an extra expense that we're not counting on. I, I know there are other economic challenges besides gas, but what are some of those challenges that you face as a business owner? Absolutely. I mean, as a business owner, you've got to look at your profit loss and, and all, all of the expenses versus all of the revenue that's coming in. Um, I'll tell you, nobody ever thinks about it, but I have to have full-blown commercial insurance. That costs me four times what your personal policy costs. Um, there's regulatory issues through the city. They passed a new ordinance. We have to be permitted. We have to have licenses. We have to have our car inspected annually in addition to the state inspection. It has to go to a city-mandated inspection facility. So, so how do you manage all that? Uh, <laughs> you, you know what? I didn't even know. So you learn as you go. And as I learn, I ask the questions and I'm very proactive. And some of my fellow drivers will say, you're analyzing this too much. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to limit the liability. There's always going to be liability. There's always a better lawyer out there and you can always be brought in. You're thinking long term. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just have to protect yourself because if there's one accident, even if it doesn't, isn't your fault, you can be brought in, and it can bring your business down completely. So do you know where all the cheapest gas stations are in town? <laughs> I'll give you a little secret. I do use an application called Gas Buddy. I don't know if you've seen it. Nope. But it'll tell you the closest gas stations, and it'll tell you by price how far away the least expensive gas station is. And so I I, I definitely look at that because that's a, that's a real cost. And so if I can say $0.10 cents a gallon, it definitely helps the bottom definitely. line. Definitely. Um, Gas has actually been very good lately. Yes. Uh, when I first started, it was about uh, 80 cents higher than it is now. Right. So that's that's a great tip because that's a technology that you use to help you in your business. And I could definitely see other maid services or any other delivery services, people that deliver cakes and flowers. They just need to download the Gas Buddy app to their phone and find ways to get that gas a little cheaper and, and exactly. closer so you don't run out of gas. Absolutely. So then real quick, because I know busy entrepreneurs uh, have a hard time getting everything done in a day. Do you have a a time management tip you can share with us on how to get more done in the day? Well, I'll tell you this. um, My family takes precedence over everything. So um, but I'm also a fledgling business owner. um, And so I don't want to turn down anything. So my schedule is very fluid. But if I have something going on and I know I have to be somewhere for my family, I block out my schedule. If I get a call, someone needs that time, I will refer that to a fellow driver that I know is going to take care of my passenger as well as I would. Um, But tips on that, I go with first come, first serve. 
if you want a if you need a ride in june i've already got bookings for june you're on my schedule and then that's blocked off and so it's it's really that simple as far as i'm concerned so um, planning ahead always really planning ahead. just making sure you're really booked out there and well debbie i i'm getting so busy that we're going to get into hiring other drivers and i'm talking to lawyers right now about building a business plan a a, a business formation documentation and having employees versus independent contractors there's there's a big lawsuit in california coming up uh, regarding uber's business model that i'm watching very carefully but my business is in the same boat do i want to have employees and be exposed to workman's comp and fica and all of these things or is the independent contractor the way to go where you don't have any control over those people keep it small and profitable versus expanding and opening up your exposure but maybe higher higher profits in the long run exactly well that is really good to hear i love the fact that you do have some bigger and better plans whether or not you make those changes in the near future or in the long term um, it's been really good to visit with you because we love to hear about breakthrough innovations and about new businesses and how entrepreneurs are managing all these different businesses because at the end of the day principles are universal in business from marketing to time management to customer satisfaction and of course nowadays with reviews and referrals it it really does translate to ideas where we can help each other as business owners in the marketplace. Now you've been listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Today we are talking about breakthrough ideas that translate to profits. So don't go away. After the break, I have more coming up. And I really have enjoyed my stay. But I must be moving on. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. This is Debbie Sardone, your host of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. And we have been talking today about breakthrough ideas that translate to profits. And in a recent conversation that I had with a leader of a very successful speakers bureau, uh, she said to me, Debbie, you're not just the cleaning lady, you're an innovator. What you do is you innovate, you, you start new paths, you blaze new trails. And she said some of the things that you've done in your industry and in your business are nothing like what others have been doing over the years. And I thought about that and I thought, whoa, that's going to make a good topic for today's episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And I thought about what she said. And yes, I'm known as locally as the cleaning lady. I own Buckets and Bows Maid Service. We've been in this town for over 30 years. And we have one of the largest independent maid services in the nation. We have an incredible business with loyal customers. And we're doing what 
you know, is not unusual, and that's cleaning up houses. We're cleaning out the dirt and making a home a place where people actually want to come home to. So there's nothing innovative about that concept. There's nothing innovative about being the local cleaning lady, which is what I've been for really my entire career. But how you can find innovation inside of an age-old industry is where it gets interesting and actually is where it gets fun. And I thought about what she said, and I, and I agreed with her that I do like to innovate. I like to come up with ideas for doing things in a way that nobody else has done before. Uh, concepts that aren't common within my own industry. And I thought about my own cleaning service and how from the beginning, I didn't want to be another like a large cleaning service or a franchise where we send in teams of people to clean a home. I committed early on in my business that I want to keep it kind of that private housekeeper feel, but without all the risk and all the problems associated with hiring and managing and screening your own private housekeeper and dealing with the tax problems because the IRS never agrees with the homeowner that uh, they're an independent contractor. They want you to pay their 941 employment taxes. So I wanted to provide the homeowner with this uh, service that is unlike the private individual housekeeping industry, but is professional, but still has that private feel. And so I created the concept of one made per home, and the same made each cleaning. And there's some vulnerabilities there. But overall, over the years, our customers have grown to love the idea that they're dealing with a, a large professional service, they don't have all the risk, prices are very similar to the private industry, and they still get to have one person assigned to their home and one person that, that gains familiarity with their home and their preferences. And so just taking a, maybe a typical industry or a typical skill and finding ways to innovate inside that industry. And then about 10 years ago, I took another step towards innovation and I did something that I had not seen in my industry ever. Now, since that time, I have seen other industry experts emerge, but I hadn't seen a cleaning business owner that hadn't sold their business, but one that literally still owned an operating uh, successful maid service step out into the consulting arena and actually start training and doing business consulting with cleaning business owners around the United States and literally around the world. I mean, there had been a few consultants within our industry that had long sold their businesses and were doing business training and consulting, which is, of course, very helpful. But there hadn't been a business consultant that still owned a maid service that was able to help and train other cleaning business owners that maybe had no idea how to make a profit or how to grow their business or how to um, improve their employee turnover, which might be runaway, out of control, which is a chronic problem within the industry. And so I stepped out into a uh, breakthrough innovation. And since that last 10 years, I've seen numerous uh, other cleaning business owners emerge as consultants and business coaches to help more people within our industry. And uh, I, I actually found my voice for consulting 
by joining a trade association that exposed me to the needs of cleaning business owners from around the world. People would come together in one place to learn about how to grow their business and basically network with each other. And that's where I found my voice was inside that training associate inside that trade association, and that I could literally build another business, another profit center, all around my expertise in the cleaning industry, and using my business knowledge and acumen to help another person who's struggling in business. It's been incredibly rewarding. I love doing it. I love helping business owners. And it's been exciting to see others emerge and help more and more people become more professional and help elevate the reputation of maid services around the country. When we all succeed, our reputations improve and it just helps the consumer understand the difference between a professional and maybe a, a private housekeeper who just does this for extra income on the side. And then I thought about cleaning for a reason and how that is truly a breakthrough idea, a breakthrough innovation, and how cleaning for a reason as the nonprofit that provides free house cleaning services to women battling cancer, how that idea, even though it emerged within an industry that already existed, how that idea of a nonprofit where it had never been done before emerged as a way to organize and unify cleaning services all over the country and in Canada to come together for a single purpose and in an organized way give back in their own local community. It, it literally is a breakthrough concept that had never been done before. And of course, you always get resistance when you try to do something that never has been done before. But overwhelmingly, the response from the, the professional cleaning industry has been so incredibly positive. When business owners hear about cleaning for a reason for the first time, they are amazed that this organization even exists and that they can start donating on a regular basis, giving back in their community through a channel that's legitimate, that provides kind of comfort and safety to the consumer who, who doesn't really know if this company is going to pull a bait and switch or not. And, and they have the comfort of applying for services through a legitimate nonprofit. It's, it's a game changer for business owners. It, it's an unprecedented opportunity for giving back on a regular basis. And then, of course, it creates this unprecedented opportunity for positive PR in their local community. So many times, business owners are a part of other nonprofits, which are good. I mean, I'm a part of other nonprofits. I donate to other nonprofits besides the one I started. But oftentimes, business owners are donating time or money to other nonprofits that don't translate in any specific tangible way to goodwill and uh, positive PR for their business in their own local community. And then, of course, Cleaning for a Reason does. So there's an innovative concept that takes cause marketing, basically, and brings it to a very personal level for that business owner in their local community who probably could not afford to, to write a check for $1,000 or $2,000 
to a local charity. It just may not be possible for them financially, but they can afford to give away a couple of free cleanings a month to a woman in their community who's battling cancer. So that's, that's when innovation comes together for businesses to, to make a change, to do something that's never been done before, and an entire industry can benefit from it, including the franchises. We have many franchised businesses like The Maids and Mary Maids and Molly Maids and the Cleaning Authority. Many of them have franchisees that see the vision of Cleaning for Reason, understand the benefits for their own business, and they've gotten on board. And they're donating as well through this great cause. So thinking about some of these things that you would think, wow, I I didn't know there were so many new innovations that can emerge in an old industry. I mean, house cleaning has been around forever. And professional house cleaning has probably been around for 50 or 60 years or more. And so don't think that because what your expertise is in is a part of a thoroughly established industry that you can't innovate and that you cannot create breakthrough ideas within even an old industry or or what some people would say an old-fashioned industry such as house cleaning. And there's nothing old-fashioned about dirt. I mean, it comes up every single day. It's, It's a need that every one of us have. And bathtubs, showers, toilets, dust, it's not going away. And so if we can find ways to innovate within our industry, within our realm of expertise, you can come up with a breakthrough idea that translates to the to profits. And when I say profits, it's not always the bottom line profits. Profits aren't always monetary, although they can be. And such as with our nonprofit, the profits that come from being a part of this nonprofit is the personal reward, the relationships you build, the connections that you create as a result of giving back. And of course, if you wanted to put a dollar figure on it, the unprecedented free publicity that a business can get. So think about how innovation can translate to profits, whether it's personal reward in terms of profits, personal benefit in terms of the feel-good opportunities of just solving real problems that the public has, or if it's a breakthrough idea that translates to profit, such as consulting and training and using your niche skills to train other people that maybe in the past you would have viewed as a competitor, but when you open up the big wide world uh, through the internet um, and teleseminars and webinars, you can even translate your own skill to train others within your industry. You're helping people, you're creating new revenue streams and profits, and you're making a big difference in the world. So that wraps up our show today. This has been Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. I am your host each week. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. You can find us on iTunes. Simply subscribe to our iTunes podcast and you can go back and listen to previous episodes that you've missed and by all means please feel free to click the little tab and write us a review so we'll know what you thought how much you liked our episodes and then go out and share our podcast on facebook cleaning up with debbie sardone more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com.